Well, good morning, Mission family. Um, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, probably by now I have met most of you all. Um, my name is Charles, and I serve here on staff as the Director of Community Engagement. And I'm excited this morning to have the privilege of bringing God's Word to you as we enter into this land season and we begin a new preaching series titled uh, Beautiful Life, The Fruits of the Spirit for a Word World. During this series, we are going to be breaking down um, and taking a deeper look into the fruits and how the Lord wants to use them in the form of the work of our lives. And by means of bearing, reflecting, them in lives towards each other and throughout the world. So as we just regulations, it uh, kind of is our foundational kind of thing. We just, you know, it kind of lets us know that fruits are birthed through the spirit in opposition to the flesh by keeping us stuck with the spirit. And today I get a chance to talk about the fruit of love. So uh, let me pray and we'll dig in. Lord, I uh, thank you for this moment. I ask, Lord, that you make me invisible, make yourself visible. I play the background. I pray that you be my mouthpiece, Holy Spirit. And I pray that you let our hearts be attentive to the word that you bring forth in teaching us. I pray that um, we know what love is through the action of who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you don't know me, I have a deep appreciation for dance and music, all things creative. Um, music for sure. Music for me is something that I enjoy experiencing. I love the journey it takes me through. You know, I can't really count on my fingers how many times I have driven or taken a walk, drowning myself in a record. It just kind of, you know, takes me there. Something about the right song that kind of speaks to a lot of us, right? Because through it, we encounter some things. It's nothing like a song that makes us happy, joyful. You know, a good love song gets us two-stepping. <laughs> Your boo thing, you know what I'm saying? Um, and some, some songs really bring some pain, brings up memories of something we lost or something we have maybe yet, not now. And it takes us through emotional roller coasters in a way. Have we all been there? Come on. Okay, cool. Uh, but nothing for me is more enjoyable than this record right here. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. If you don't know who Lauren Hill is, I advise you to go check this album out. She's a... That's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> this was Lauren's breakout album. By the age of 22, it dropped in August of 1998. And it will later and still today be held as a cultural anthem. Some say she bore all her soul in this record. Reflected what she had gone through, especially in the industry as a young female breaking out from a major group she was with called the Fugees. It talked about the disappointments, the pitfalls, the snares, and other things she experienced along the way. But what I love about it most is the, the, you know, the education of love kind of weaving through it. She was vulnerable about it, and she was very intentional about how she talked about it. So I like the title, Alone to Miseducation. Um, I love the got like a little pencil on the thing, just gives you that, that vibe, the school vibe. Because I think it causes us to re-educate ourselves on some things. Causes to re-educate of, you know, and reassess some things that we were taught once. When I think about love, I believe that we have all kind of been miseducated, what it is and how we show it. Because the culture today tells us we get to decide what it means, what it is, and how we show it. 
But I ask the question, what is it according to God? And what is the type of love he's trying to form in us? So today I'm going to walk through two, three points that I hope kind of ties in and brings us to some understanding of what love is through the Christ-like view. One is love is grown. Two is love is a cruciform action. And three is love pauses to ensure others feel known. Let's dig in. So the first point, love is grown. So love is grown over time. When I look at the verses to the Corinthians that Paul wrote the letter to, I don't believe he expressed or expected them to really be love experts when they received the letter. I don't think he thought of them to have it all together when they received it. Can you imagine them thinking to themselves, like, what is this, Paul? Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy or boast. Like, what are you really talking about? Like, what does this look like activated out? Because in our minds, we think we're doing a good job in <laughs> what we're doing as a church. But I think Paul isn't writing with a get it done now mentality. Wow, sorry. Mentality. He himself knows that over time, this thing draws itself out, and we learn how to love over time. And it takes time. We see this in the incarnation. Jesus didn't come into the world as a fully formed superhero, right? But as a baby who grew up among us, God entrusted his only son in the hands of people and gave them the honor to care for him and raise him. In this, we see the patience of God. People wanted the Messiah, I believe, to, they wanted the Messiah to topple empires and evil, come get it done right now. But God is doing it differently than what we expected. It's crazy that he allowed Jesus to grow up over time on earth rather than dropping him on earth as a man who ran straight to the cross. What I love is that over time we get to see salvation being nurtured, raised amongst our midst. Even though it took a while, God was present the whole way. And what makes us think that God will be any lesser or any evolved in our lives any differently? Like this quote by David Fitch, he says, we expect the gifts of the Spirit to do quickly what the fruits of the Spirit are meant to do in slow degree. Again, we expect the gifts of the Spirit to do quickly what the fruits of the Spirit are meant to do in slow degree. See, God forms his love in us slowly over time. And growth in God loves also takes, I think, a little bit of education. This love is cultivated, I think, over time through how we spend time with him personally, time in the word, time in prayer, Bible study, church gathering, right? But I think especially people. You get to see how this life, how this love come to work when you're dealing with people. You think you love someone until something tests that. Because I don't really think our first reaction would be love. Let's be honest. Can we maybe a little irritable, irritated, uh, I'll mess with you right now kind of thing. But I don't think our first reaction would be love. I believe over time love can be grown when we allow ourselves to press in rather than retreat. God working on us and in us to create this proper response and how we walk into community and how we love each other as he would. Point two, love is a cruciform action. I believe the world has really lied to us about what it is to love. We've been miseducated. Um, Coach says love is about how we feel and what we do. For example, I can only feel a certain type of love if I, our intimacy, 
if I found the one or am I, if I'm married, if I'm tied into a relationship. Thing one says that I can be loved if, if I act a certain way around a group of people or I become something I'm not diminishing myself to receive that love from people. And this one, especially for me, you know, I've given my time. Hey, you know, isn't that enough? I've, you know, I've spent some time with some people. I did some charity. I've, I've loved this. I love the sick. I love the poor. Like, isn't that enough, Jesus? But is that all true, though? Do all these cultural definitions really give us a true picture of what love is? Because when I look at scripture, I see that God defines love as not, a, not as a feeling or a romantic relationship, but as a cruciform action. In his letter to the Romans in chapters 5, verse 8, Paul writes, but God demonstrated his love. God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Paul builds on that in his letter to the Corinthians in chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. He challenges their culturally shaped definition of love. So that read the letter of Corinthians, they really highly valued flashy outward demonstrations of giftedness, how they would give it. And Paul was reminding them, like, yo, outward-oriented action and religious activity, they have lost a loving heart for God and his people through only understanding that. That without Christ, all this activity really means nothing. So I ask, how about us? Or how about you? How are your hearts doing when it comes to loving God and your neighbor? Are you willing to hang in there to love, serve, come alongside others to act with care, even when it costs you greatly, and acts of you to sacrifice? See, Christ showed us on the cross that his father willingly stayed and loved us and purchased salvation for us, even when it hurt and cost us something greatly. Gave his only son. This is the same cruciform love of Jesus that God wants to form in us. We must remember that Jesus loved us to the end so that we can turn around and do the same for others sacrificially. When we do this, I think we really show the world what love really is. And it goes beyond just more than a feeling, but goes more to a cruciform action. Love pauses and makes sure others are known. That's my third point. Uh, what I love in scripture is in certain times Jesus paused. Not only that, he postured himself in a, in a way that put people first and made them feel known. There are so many instances in the Bible where Jesus paused on his journey to acknowledge those who he was encountering with. With everything going on, he knew how to make you feel like you were the only one in the room. Whether it be healing of the paralytic, removing of demons, walking alongside 12 random individuals that he called, or giving the oppressed a name. When I think about giving the oppressed a name, one of my favorite um, scenes in scripture is when, you know, the woman who was excessively bleeding and she touched Jesus' garment and Jesus kind of paused and said, someone has touched me. And, you know, everybody around him was like, well, Jesus, so many people, you know, what? I don't know who touched you. <laughs> but he actually felt it. Turned around, he saw this woman, ended up healing her, 
and and that's how they, they said she was, you know, because who she was, she really wasn't given a name. She was outcasted in society as, you know, unclean, undis, and not really love. But Jesus paused for the moment. As he was on his way to post a hill, someone that their daughter was dying. This was a, a king. This was a person like high power. And Jesus paused at that moment to heal a no-name woman and said, man, I love you. You are, you are beautiful. You are this. Therefore, go. So I love that because Jesus stopped what he was doing in the moment. Rather, that person who thought, man, I should have first priority. You know, I'm, my daughter's dying. I'm king, you know. Like, Jesus, come on. What's going on? She's dying. He's like, hold on, you know. And so I love that, how he does that in scripture. He paused him to show them in tangible ways his love through his acts, blessings, and teachings. But furthermore than that, he made sure to meet them in their situation and was present so that they felt seen and known. My ask is, how are, we assuring, how are we assuring others they are known today? Are you and I pausing? and slowing down to get to know the people who are very much created in his image? Do you and I treat them like Christ treated people? Instead of treating them like projects? Or making them feel like the disruptors in our agenda that we created for ourselves? Do you yourselves feel really known? If you really could take a deep look at it, do you, know, do you feel known? And actually, if not, what's getting in the way of that? Is it productivity? If people don't benefit us, we kind of brush them off because if they're not moving towards with us, you know, we don't want to really spend time. Something's slowing me down. You just push them away. Is it comfort? We, we always want relationships and things played easily for us, so we don't really have to do the messy work to get to know people. We rather it completed. I don't really want to deal with your issues or your problems, but come with me when you've got something to offer me. Come with your best self, your joyous self. I'd rather have that version of you. Hmm. We must be willing to go through the fire and really have some things refined, especially when those are who are overlooked in our image of love. Jesus says they will know him by our love for one another. And I think that's what a warrior well needs which I know can be hard to do in the cultural normal today. Um, but it's the benefit of knowing people and being known. It really is important to really slow down and pause, to really make sure you get to know others well. So in closing, um, I just want to say we don't all get this right, really. Love seems to be a little more complex than uh, what we really think it means or how we feel or what it is. And if I can be honest, my, can I be honest? Can I be honest? Appreciate it, appreciate it. I feel like this is a safe space to do that. Um, I myself have really been miseducated about what love is and found out to be what I expected. Can you put the image back up for me, so? Thank you. See how I felt like Lauren? Disappointed, let down, rejected. Letting my experiences define what love really means and how I receive it, how I feel about it. Hmm. I have heard this, this phrase, I love you. If I can be honest, I really hate that phrase. I hate it as a strong word. I really dislike that phrase a lot because a lot of people say it. Um, 
But I really don't know if we mean it. Because from that, I hear you say it, but no action comes after that. Because I feel like it's just something to say to people, even myself have done it, to just pass time and feel comfortable. I really told myself, like, if somebody said they love me, I really want to see it actionable. I love to be reminded of that, but action should come after that. Because it's so easy just to throw, hey, I love you. You know, I love you. Leaving the house, yeah, I love you. You know, <laughs> um, but it's more than that, just than just words, than words spoke, and just a phrase spoke. I think it should come with something that we do with people, not just by saying it, but really walking alongside them. You know, I say I love people in Evanston, but how do I show that? Um, say we love each other. How are we making each other know that we love each other? How are we making that known? You know, um, we say we love youth, we love teens, but how are we really walking alongside and not just saying I love you, but I don't really want to love you enough to walk into your situation with you. I don't really want to come alongside you when it's a hard time. Can I give you a call when I'm really down, when I really am not understanding, I'm, I'm really going through something? Because those matters of showing up, those moments of showing up really matter. Because sometimes I ask myself, do they really love me? I wonder. But I guess I must remind myself that love is Christ, and only he can truly satisfy us. And the path to growing the love, the love of God and to people, lies in letting God form the life of Christ in us. Many of the things that get in the way of us loving well, I think, are idols that we are chasing. We need to lay them down at the feet of Christ and embrace him in their place. And I think through this, we grow in our understanding and love for him and each other. So one last thing, I love um, watching the interview with Lauren Hill, and when she's making this album, she said, she said, I made this album not about what I think, but how I feel. Um, she said, then I think I'm gonna make another album next time about what I, what I, you know, what I think rather than how I feel. <laughs> so this album was weaving through like, man, this is what I feel, not what I think love is, this is what I feel love is. But now I'm trying to reassess the journey and trying to understand what is it truly? Because I love people, I've been let down, understood, misunderstood. So Mission Cincinnati, I ask that we let God continue to educate us where we have been miseducated on love. And I think we should allow him to help us with the understanding of it and how we live it in our world. Amen. <laughs>